Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton and I am your host. I am so happy that you're here. I know that we are living in a really crazy time right now. So I hope that this podcast can be a place that brings you encouragement, that brings you hope, and helps you to root down in the reality that you are seen and you are known and you are loved like crazy by the creator of the heavens and the earth. My guest today is Justin Hepner, the co-lead pastor of New Community Church in Vista, California, a dear, dear friend, brother, and partner in ministry. And I just love Justin. He is a deep well, incredible mind uh, for theology and understanding of the word, but more importantly, a tremendous heart for the Lord and for people. And we had a really powerful conversation about pain. It was really long. We talked for almost two hours, but I want to hone in on this piece where we were talking about what does it look like? When we walk through seasons of trial and tribulation, when we carry pain, and we choose to not avoid that pain, but we choose to let Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life into those places. What does it look like when we allow Him to utilize those difficult things for our good and for His glory? So. I hope that you can receive this. And if you are someone who is processing pain right now, a lot of us are, maybe there's things you haven't processed. I pray that the Lord would give you eyes to see and ears to hear, that he would quiet your heart before him and that you could receive the truth of how much you are loved and the freedom that is available to you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the sacred space. Jesus said that following him, you know, he says he's the way, the truth, and the life. But he also says to those that were following him, he says, in this life, you will have tribulation. Yeah. You will. Yeah. But take heart. Yeah. I have overcome the world. So in the world, yes. you'll have tribulation, but take heart. That world that causes or has tribulation in it, I have overcome that. Yeah. And to imagine that our first response to encountering tribulation or trial or suffering in this life is to try and turn to other sources as a wellspring for our answer that's good. To our pain. Yeah. Is interesting because we have Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the mm-hmm. life. We have Jesus who is a savior who is able to sympathize with us because he's been through all of it before. Yeah. We have, uh, and he's overcome all of those things. And, and Jesus says, I've overcome the world. The world will give you tribulation, but I've overcome the world. The idea that as believers, that our first response when experiencing tribulation, pain, suffering should be to turn to anything other than the one yeah. who says that he took care of it. Yeah. It's fascinating. Right. But let's be honest. Our pain, my pain, when I'm experiencing it, um, I have to be really careful. 
Yeah. How I carry my pain. Yes. Because everything that God allows to come into my life is for a reason, for right. purpose, regardless of whether I'm justified or not justified to have that pain. Yeah. And let's stop right there for a second because I think, so there's, there's the camps that'll say, okay, there, there's, there's a huge mystery, right? And that is the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. So he's given us free will. But he's sovereign. So the implication for some could be, well, if something happens in my life, well, God did that to me, mm-hmm. right? So then that gives me a justified position of blame. Sure. Or hurt or offense or for the enemy to go see you, you don't deserve or whatever the case may be, or you're being punished. But mm-hmm. the reality is that because we live in a broken world, because we have an enemy, because we have free will, God isn't Zeus that's up there going, ooh, let's knock him over and see what happens. Sure. But as life does happen, um, we have a choice in that place to be yielded to him and to allow him into that space. Absolutely. We have a choice to let him be the redeemer or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And this is huge because there's there's the well, if I'm obedient and I do all the right things, then my life should be okay. Sure. And so then that enslaves me into this works based mentality, trying to work hard enough so that I don't go through something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Or um, things are terrible, so then I must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And the enemy will distract us with all of that yeah. to keep us. From encountering him in the middle of that place. Mm -hmm. Because if we can allow him in and we will open our ears to hear and give and allow our eyes to see his presence in that place, then we're going to discover an intimacy with him and a dependence on him Mm -hmm. and a strength through him to now stand in a way that we never could before. Yes. But when left, yes and amen. Um, but when left to our own impulse, yes, our pain, yeah, we have to be so careful because we will have as an initial response with our pain to drop into all of those, all of those operations that you just talked about, operating as someone that's wounded or broken or isolated or, yeah, without keeping watch over how we carry the privilege that our pain gives us, yeah. Um, which is to connect with the Father through that yep. lens, through that season, through that. Um, we have this tendency in our flesh to impulsively respond initially and quickly to eliminate the pain. Yeah. And um, it's, it's really, really difficult for us um, operating outside of the way, the truth, and the life to rightly carry our pain. Yeah, and to um, carry our pain in a healthy way, if I can say pain and health in the same yeah, sentence. Absolutely. Because I do think that um, pain is part of us becoming healthy. Why? Because we're being transformed into the image of Jesus yeah. through the tribulation we face in this life by taking heart, knowing that he's overcome it. So I drop my anchor in him, what way truth in life says in the midst of pain. And I hold fast to those things, those qualities, those things that we that we see take place. Um, but I think there's, there's a lot of power in understanding that. Um, 
So I would just say that how we handle our pain is so massive in its um, significance in our spiritual journey. It is. And I want to address, because I I feel like there's so much of this, and this isn't... um, this is just across generations and new believers and old. And that's when, when you've been um, hurt by the church. And that could be whether you're a leader or you're, um, you know, even in when I teach classes or whatever, there's a lot of people with a lot of baggage, a lot of spiritual abuse or whatever the case may be. Some of it justified in there. You know, you, you're sitting across from someone who has been, you're just going, how is that person allowed to, to be in a pulpit position and, yeah. and you've experienced Some that at their house? willfully wounded somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the way to this poor guy was just doing his job and <laughs> there's some baggage and, you know, and everything in between. And what we do, you know, it's interesting. We take verses like, you know, why do you try to take a log, uh, expect out of your brother's eye when you have a log in your own? And, and it's easy to, to, to categorize that, those into the, the big obvious sins, quote oh, yeah. unquote, but we don't bring them back to really just relational things. And, um, you know, I've been a believer for a long time. I've been in leadership for a long time. And I, and I'm, you know, I would say, I mean, you, you can argue with me if I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. Yeah. I can walk through some stuff, but even when we were, um, on staff, there was a, went through a lot of different things. I personally went through a lot of different things and there was, uh, and I think I've talked about this before. I think I talked about this when I teach prayer training that my friend Kelly and I went to a prayer conference and it was on prayer or healing or something. And the second day, during worship, they sent out people to pray over people in the room during worship. And I was worshiping, having my journal, having a great old time with Jesus, you know, and, you know, I'm in ministry, I'm doing life, I've got a healthy marriage, healthy relationships, the whole thing. And this guy comes up to me and he, I didn't even see his face. He he put his hand on my shoulder and he's praying for me. And then he leaned down and he's like, there's men that have hurt you. And at first, something rose in me. I'm, I've got a great marriage. I don't, you know, you have all sure. these assumptions because I think my flesh was going. What does he think? Of course, the, it was. his interpretation of this was. Yeah. You know, I've got a great marriage, and you know, I don't have any issues or whatever. And he leans down. He said, "There's men that have hurt you, and you need to forgive them." And all these names started bubbling up. Mm-hmm. And they were peop- some people that I'd worked with. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't even know if I've ever said this, but you were one of those names. Oh, well, duh. Yeah. I was your direct overseer through a massive church transition. So, so crazy stuff. I had to do all sorts of stuff in the midst of that to figure out how to manage relationships. Crazy. And all of its madness. But the thing that was interesting is that although I knew that I carried some pain, I didn't realize that I had unforgiveness. I thought that I had been dealing with and processing and I'd, I'd been walking it out. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. but until I sat in that place and I allowed myself to hear what he had to say, and then I asked the Holy Spirit to go, what do you mean by this? And mm-hmm. I let him say what he had to say. And I start writing out names. And then as I'm writing those names, I start repenting and yep. I start forgiving. Now... 
I've opened the door for him to do that work to bring healing and reconciliation to me in my life. Well, and reconciliation to those relationships. To those relationships. Where available. Where available. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like I I wasn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't like cutting off relationships with people. I wasn't outwardly pissed. I mean, there there wasn't, I wasn't in this place, but realizing that there was something um, when we talk about Isaiah 61, that he comes to set the prisoners free and open prison doors to those who are captive, I was a prisoner in my spirit, mm-hmm. in my own self, that was hindering my connection with Jesus, my connection with other people, and my ability to step forward into the things that he had for me. Because I needed to go, to, I needed to have that dealt with so that I could be free, so that I could step forward. And I think that's the, the, the such a trick of the enemy and such a, a covert, insidious thing he does is to keep us entrapped in those things and convinced that that, that needs to stay protected, mm-hmm. even from the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh yeah, no, and, and he'll use God's word to do it to you. He'll use, yeah. he'll use the culture of how you're accepted in your church circles to do that. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you can be just bearing up. Look at how strong I am. Look yeah. at how able I am yeah. to endure. And all the people that are looking at me will see me as a strong person. And I've said it this way. It's like you stand out and then you say, God, aren't you so proud of me with how much I don't even need you yeah. to deal with to <laughs> yeah. deal with my own pain? Yeah. Look how strong I am. I don't even need yeah. you. Yeah. Think about it. Oh, it's false humility. Think about it, but it's all the time. Yeah. Look how strong I am. Like, how high of a pain tolerance do you need and do we need before we have to say, okay, I need to go back to the way, truth, and life. Mm-hmm. I need to go back to the liberator. Yeah. I need to go back to the one that said, you will have tribulation, but I've overcome tribulation in this world. I need to go back to him. He holds the truth yeah. that sets me free. Not yeah. just into salvation, but free from all of the bitterness and all of the seeds that get sown in those difficult seasons of pain. Yeah. He has the keys to those seasons. He holds the keys to life. Yeah. And death. Yeah. And he's given us the keys to life through his word, through his promise, yeah. through his presence in the spirit, through his empowering us to live the life out. Um, but man, how high of a pain tolerance do you need before you fall on your knees? And yeah, if I good. can make that a moment to moment conversation, man, imagine how equipped I'm going to be in the Holy Spirit to operate by the Spirit as opposed to by the flesh. Because yes. if my initial impulse is always to fleshly respond or react, yeah. then man, how how many things do I want to build on a fleshly response? It can get out yep. of control like a brush fire so fast, so fast before I realize it when if I could become moment by moment aware that my pain should be a trigger for me to fall back into way, truth, and life and that my ways aren't sufficient, my protections over my own self are not sufficient, my self-preservation is yeah. not worth me wasting my time I have yes. in this life. And, Absolutely. And that's part of what I think Paul means when he says, hey, make the best use of your time. Yeah. Like, follow these things that I'm telling you to do. Make the best use of your time. I think part of that, part of what needs to be restored um, in us and grown up in us is that we are moment by moment by moment by moment bringing the Father to the table of our decision-making. Moment yeah. by moment by moment. Staying awake and bringing the spirit in because the spirit's willing. The flesh 
is weak? That our What if our weakness became the trigger for us to fall on our knees and ask the Spirit to yeah. speak in, no matter where we're at, when we're there, with whoever's watching, yeah. we have a discipline that transcends all of that space of our pain. Yeah. Our discipline gets triggered. Oh, ouch, that hurt. Okay, God, don't let there be a root of bitterness. Yes. Man, I don't want to fall into that bitterness. No. Yeah, bitterness is a season. It's not an emotion. Yeah. Right? I mean, once you're in... The door closes behind you. Yeah, it does. Right? And so if I could operate in the spirit somehow through yielding by allowing my fleshly pain to trigger me to abide, to to, to dig deeper in. To dependence. With, with way truth and life. Yeah. Way truth and life, man. That's that's what the spirit does, right? It confirms the things and the teachings of Jesus within us. Yeah. It confirms the connection we have with the Father, yeah. not the connection we have with ourselves. Yeah. The connection with the Father welcomes us into that presence that we've already been given. Yeah. But it says, hey, come on home. Totally. Hey, come on home. Let's do yeah. this again. Hey, come on home. Let's do this again. Yep. It's a beautiful thing we've been given. It's a beautiful thing. You know, and you know, the James one, my brethren, counted all joy. We talked about this earlier if, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And I think, you know, I, I think it's easy for us to kind of gloss over that and go, oh, you'll be perfect, which if you're um, in a religious mindset is like be perfect in the outward. But what, what this really is saying, it's the lacking nothing. Like I don't need anything that that patience has worked out. That endurance has worked out. Yeah. I've met the father there. So now when I stand, so now the next trial that comes, I don't need anything because I'm complete. I'm, I'm, per, I'm dependent. I'm here. My identity is sure. My understanding of his faithfulness is deep and true. And now I don't lack anything. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which goes back to the Psalm one and goes back to Jeremiah 17, the being planted, mm-hmm. your roots that go deep so that when the sun comes mm-hmm. and when the winds come, your leaf isn't going to wither. You're not going to fall over, right? Because right. you are planted where? with By the streams of living water. Your, mm-hmm. root, your roots have gone deep. You're, you're completely solid. Well, you know? And whatever he does, Psalm 1, right. prospers. Yeah. What? We're yeah. not talking about in just endurance. We're right. talking about what happens on the other side of that. Yeah. I mean, this is wisdom literature. It's like, here's the wrong way to do it. Here's the right way to do yeah. it. Here's the curse that follows doing the wrong thing. Here's the blessing that comes with doing the right thing. They're yeah. all e- equally real. Yeah. But the blessing is real. So whatever he does prospers. Yeah. Man, so when I'm in the middle of my pain, am I sitting thinking about how I'm going to prosper? No, my initial response is not that at all. Yeah. Right, but if my delight is in the law of the Lord and I can meditate on it, which yep. basically means to murmur that scripture to myself, yeah, to speak it to myself, yeah, um, to have it be in the depths of who I am on yep. the, on the tablets in my heart, yeah, right. If I can meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, I will be like that tree right. yielding fruit in my season, which means there's gonna be. A season of pruning and difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. But in season, you will yield and then I'll prosper. So my pain is actually the beginning of my prosperity. Yes. Not, not, yes. As, like, not, not as anything <laughs> other than just prosperity in blessing and in resonance and living in congruence with who God says I am, which is therefore best for me. 
Yeah. Which my flesh chooses the opposite. Yes. So this is crazy to think about, right? Yeah. So my pain literally is the beginning of my prosperity. That's if good. I can yield to the if, spirit. If. That's a big if. If. If is a big thing. And and there's a lot of people that for so many reasons, they they choose the if. Yeah. And go the wrong way. Yeah. And, and I've been there too. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, you hit a lot of things talking about delighting in the law of the Lord. And you talked about like marinating, like sitting in that. And um, when I teach, I talk a lot about, you know, worship the word and prayer. Those are the things that we cultivate our intimacy with Jesus and with the word. There's so much, you know, yeah, we can read it. That's part of it. Then, you know, you can memorize it, which is part of kind of getting in it. But there's there's something that comes with this meditation and like you said that murmuring and that that where it becomes a part of your dna yeah it's not just something that you've memorized like you rattle off like um like you can mindlessly sing the lyrics to a song to the radio in your car sure um it goes deeper than that because now it's a part of you it's part of who you are it starts to inform you it starts to those are the things that start to seep out in the dry Mm-hmm. and thirsty place. Now suddenly that wellspring is coming from within because it, it is, it's part of you. Yeah. And that word inform, I'm being inwardly formed. Yeah. Right. I'm being formed on the inside yeah. through something, which if you build something that's strong on the inside, it can endure. It's simple logic. Yeah. But spiritually it's so difficult for us yeah. to long suffer through our pain, mm-hmm. allow the spirit to do its work in the situation or with the hurt or with the person or whatever it is, circumstance, and then seeing the result of the spirit's workings. Yeah. We, we don't want to wait. Yeah. We don't want to wait. Yeah. I think that's why the psalmist says, I waited mm-hmm. patiently mm-hmm. for the Lord. And yeah. sometimes I wonder if that's like half complaint. Right, <laughs> half, half, half like poetic hey guys, and beautiful. Just so you know, yeah, I waited patiently. Patiently, I waited. Right, I, I honestly, it's it's longer like, than I probably should have. Yeah, well, like any major change that's happened in our yeah. life, we yeah. always have to wait longer than we've had to. Otherwise, it's not called endurance. Yeah, it's what's good. endurance if it's in it's in my pocket of what I'm able to do? Mm-hmm. It extends beyond, and I think that's a huge piece. Yeah. Um, since we were talking about Psalm 1, can we go back to the, the beginning of Psalm 1? Because I think mm-hmm. there's some things that are um, super powerful um, and I think are such good um, warnings for us. Mm. Um, and that's um, the walk, stand, sit. <laughs> sure. You know? Um, sure. And since you just taught on this, you can... Well, there is there is a, that progression there. And it doesn't take um, too many passes through Psalm 1. Uh, one one to see that there's a progression there who yeah. walks not in the counsel of the wicked who stands uh, nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of scoffers so blessed is the man that doesn't do those things right um, and this psalm was actually meant probably to be framework for the book of Psalms yeah rather than have a title Psalm one over it <laughs> yeah. so a lot of wisdom literature works like that but it's powerful to think about how easy when operating in the flesh that we can begin to walk amongst those, stand amongst those, and then sit amongst those who ultimately are dabbling, lingering with, and then taking up residence Mm. amongst those who are against the things of the Father. Right. And let me just, just to clarify that this isn't talking about 
never talk to an unbeliever. No. <laughs> Don't hang out with them. That Quite the opposite. Yeah. Um, this is talking about who is influencing you. Yeah. And um, we talked um, a couple of days ago, and you said a phrase when we were talking about the Dwell Project that we're working on. Um, what are you becoming? Yeah, yeah. And so it really, it's, it's about influence. Mm-hmm. It's about what we're allowing to speak into us. And so there's something about walking with somebody and, you know, it harkens to almost having a conversation and advice. And then there's the sitting down and really going, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you know, it's, it's this slippery slope, this kind of progression. Sure. Um, yeah. Into being pretty much immobile and stuck in a way. I think that's that word way is important. That's why I often refer to Jesus as the way truth and the life, because it, when I say Jesus, it's important, but I refer to Jesus who says he's the way, truth, and life. And I've yeah. said it several times in this already that we've been talking about. But it's it's not not hanging out with the wicked or with sinners or scoffers and making sure you draw this legalistic line in the sand. It's about don't find yourself yielding in your heart to the way truth yes. and life of the wicked, the way truth and life of sinners, the way truth and life of those who scoff at the Lord. Um, and, and that's the thing. It, it is about influence. It is about what's, what's feeding us. And in regard to what we've been talking about and pain, mm-hmm. the season of pain, I will call it, they can be short yeah. or long, but this season of pain that comes and with our fleshly disposition, if we don't keep watch over it, we will find ourselves before we realize it, before we can recognize it, in little mini seasons of walking with those and being fed by those that are wicked or standing with those um, and being in the way of sinners and then sitting with. Yeah. Um, already consumed the way, truth, and life of this world that Jesus overcame. Yeah. And then soon enough, that becomes our meditation. The walking, yeah. the standing, the sitting, the, the wicked, the sinners, the scoffers becomes the meditation for us. Yeah. And you'll... You'll know a tree by its fruit. We know that. Yes. And the fruit that you will produce, you know, where where someone's heart is, there's their treasure. And if their heart is taken up with the wicked sinners and the scoffers, because their pain has driven them to try and find answers outside of the things of God right. in the flesh to get the quick satisfaction, it turns into a season. And you've set your delight in being fed by and being ministered to by things that aren't even from the Father. Yeah. And they're confirming your pain. And they're not lasting. No, and you feel with those people like they finally understand me. me. Yeah. Therefore, I understand myself. Yeah. Because that's what that really means. I can accept me if they all do. Oh. In my pain. Dude. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So you're falling in love with things that are not the one who is love, which is the Father. Yeah. You're courting these people in your life. And that's why this, the solution is in Psalm 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Delight is like a soul-level happiness, a soul-level blessedness. Yeah. So not, not an emotionally stimulated, um, quick fix. Yeah. Yes, it's emotion, but right. it's emotion birthed from truth and from spiritual life. Right. So his delight is in the law, which is basically the life-giving teachings of the ways of God. Right. Well, and what's interesting is, you know, this this kind of goes back to, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast in different episodes, but, um, you know, this is pre-cross. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Old Testament, the law from a religious perspective was a heavy yoke and a, a burden. Sure. And weighty and mm-hmm. difficult and, and hard. And so it's even an oxymoron to imply that you would delight in it to a degree if you don't know from what it's been birthed, right? Yeah. Where, it, where it comes from. And I think that's the thing that was so um, remarkable about David mm-hmm. is his understanding of the Father. Yeah. That under the law, Old Testament, pre-indwelling Holy Spirit, he knew. Oh, yeah. He got it. Saul didn't. Hmm. You know, so Saul just was was in this place of of, of desolation, really, mm-hmm. because he didn't see, he saw it as um, the weight of all those things. He didn't see it as yeah. as as who the the heart of the father, yeah. the heart with which it was intended, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, what's interesting is as I was reading Kings, um, you know, and like I said, there's the this king did evil in the sight of the Lord, and then this king did evil in the sight, and then this king did good in the sight of the Lord. And and as you go on, um, uh, it starts to identify, and it identifies a, a lot, and it's pretty gnarly um, that they turn to witchcraft and sorcerers and soothsayers. And again, this, these things that are, they're, we're all hungry for that connection, for that spiritual, um, there's that void, there's that place. And we will look all these different places. But what was interesting um, in Second Kings 19, and this is when Hezekiah um, was in Judah, and he's the word of the Lord comes through Isaiah, mm-hmm. and he's like kind of giving this word about Judah. And then, and I was cra- this just blew me away in verse 30. He says, "The remnant of the house of Judah who have escaped um, shall take root downward." And will bear fruit upward. So cool. So rad. I'm like, where has that verse been? And it's so beautiful and it's so poetic. And it goes back, it harkens back to Jeremiah 17 and to to um, Psalm 1. That, that there's there's something about being rooted and planted and going downward and deep and inward with him mm-hmm. so that you can go up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's everything that you said will prosper. But that pain. Yeah. is a precursor to that prosperity, that willingness to lean in, yeah. to feel the hard, but to let him meet us there yeah. and let him be God yeah. and demonstrate his love and his care and his, you know, um, the intimacy with which he stands with us and pursues us. Oh, yeah. Then that allows us to prosper. That allows yeah. us to stand. That allows us to... Um, be complete, lacking nothing. Yeah, we want to be complete and lack nothing, but we don't want to work for it. Yeah. Right? So we want that tree without the roots. Yeah. And then once I have that tree, then God, I'm going to work on the roots. Yeah. And we're going to be set. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, I'll get really deep with you after you bless me on the outside. And then I'm going to get, we're going to get solid on the inside. <laughs> but pain has a way of planting us deeper into the Father. Yeah, if you can good. deal with it in the Spirit. Um, and... And so you're talking about Hezekiah, you were talking about David a little bit, and I think in regard to the pain and going deeper so that they could grow up, um, you know, Psalm 1 isn't necessarily attributed to David, but let's just attribute it to him because most of these are, um, and so you could assume. Um, But Psalm 1, you know, David knew about pain for sure. I mean, we know that, right? But but what was it? Um, He was anointed. Yeah. As a little dude, mm-hmm. and then 
Never installed as the king is what it probably felt like. Yeah. Never established. Never attained the mm-hmm. thing that he was anointed in a field to become. Yeah. Right? They tried to hide him from even being anointed. Right? And so his road yeah. to the external, um, outward blessing was treacherous. Yeah. It was insane, the things that guy went through. Right? Yeah. So the process of him prospering before men and women on yeah. the outside was pain yeah. on the inside. Yeah. And that pain, he learned how to abide. And that was with every facet that pain brings, the fleshly and the spirit response. Yeah. It was, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I alive? God, would you just vanquish my enemies? Would you destroy them? Would you blot them out from any book that could ever be written? Would you yep. just remove them from history? And this pain was actually part of um, bringing about the very promise that was given him. And isn't that why most people jump ship is because, God, why would you allow pain to come into my life? Why would you allow me to feel these things? Why would you allow this, this situation to take you know, this, to put this dark cloud over my whole world for this many years when I know that you're God and you know that I'm your son or daughter. And why would you allow the darkness to come? Why would you allow these things? Why am I not installed yet as this crowned child of yours or established before everyone else as this righteous, you know, hallmark or this righteous, um, I, I guess you would just call it like this landmark for everyone to see. Look at how yep. beautiful this is. And why have I not attained what you said I was supposed to attain? And and I think for, for God, it's, um, you know, he allows the pain to come to us knowing that um, if we abide in the spirit that will become more than we could ever become in our flesh and more yeah. than we could ever become by living in the land of blessing only. Yeah. And how do you learn to identify pain as a strange for us? but maybe ordinary in God's sight, a strange form of of blessing. Yeah. Right? Because the result of the pain, the things that it generates, trusting in the God who says we're sons and daughters through a season where I feel orphaned by others. Yeah. Right? Trusting in God that um, I am one of his chosen when I feel rejected. All those things, right? Um, Trusting that the joy of the Lord is supposed to be my strength when life has taken my joy and just obliterated all of it. Like, who who am I? And then you turn. You turn. And I think that's why the Psalms talk about all sorts of things. It's like turning to false gods, turning to other, Mm -hmm. other altars, turning to other temples, turning to other teachings, turning to other prophets. You see it throughout the entire Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament too. This way of teaching, this God on this hill, this God on that hill. How do we figure out how to find God in the midst of all of the things that could be the answer for our pain when all along he's saying... Hey, walk in the way of blessing in, in in your pain. Don't turn to the way of the wicked, the sinners, the scoffers, but delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in the life-giving teachings of God or the life-giving ways of God and meditate on it day and night. And we, we trade that. Yeah. We trade that for other things that are quick satisfactions for the pain that we're feeling yeah. because we want to rush the process and get to the blessing so fast on the other side. We, yeah. we, we don't allow the Spirit to generate the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives yeah. because we want to hit fast forward. And uh, 
you know, I watched that happen. I watched it happen with a lot of people. And I've watched it happen in my own life in yep. the past. And none of us are free from having to struggle with this. Yeah, We're absolutely. all bound by it. It's, yeah. it's pretty interesting when you start unpacking it. Totally. And it's interesting, too, because when we get so caught up in looking at what we want, we've completely missed the provision in his presence right here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's such a gift of of presence, like you said, that's that's wholly different when you're in that place of forced dependence, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and this is all a part of, um, you know, the truth that God does work all things together for our good and for his glory. Mm-hmm. This is what that is. This, it's redemption, yeah. right? It's it's all of those things. It's redemption now. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the here and now, you know, you think David wasn't like in his waiting to be crowned by humans when he had already been crowned by God. Yeah. Do you think in his waiting that he wasn't wavering, wanting to stand in the council? Yeah. Weren't you the guy that was anointed? Yeah. Um, aren't you? Aren't you the son and daughter of those? Famous Christian people, aren't you? The aren't, there's so much of that, right? Yeah. Like, shouldn't you be walking in the blessing of your friends? They all have this and that, and all of a sudden, I'm sure he wrestled with the way of the wicked, way of sinners, way of scoffing. Yeah. I'm sure he wrestled. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The resolve here is obvious to delight in the life-giving ways of Jesus or the yeah. Father, and God at that time. So there's a lot, a lot here. And the thing that's crazy in all of that is that because of his kindness and because of who he is, Mm -hmm. that even if we find ourselves in that place of standing, walking, or sitting, all it takes is a simple heart posture of repentance and you're immediately restored back. Yeah. Right? You're immediately replanted. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, repentance is obedience. Yeah. So it's something that builds your faith. Yeah. Right? So even in the fact of saying, I'm wrong and I suck, and God do what you can only do in my life, and I turn from the things that are false, and I plant myself back in the truth, like, Spirit, give me the grace to do this thing, you know? Yeah. With your power, your strength, not my flesh. Yeah. All of those sorts of things. It's all biblical. Yeah. All of it. So you're you're by... Declaring that you're declaring truth, and you walk in it. You have to walk in yeah. it, and that's uh, that's crazy. That repentance, in so many ways, unlocks so many many of those things. So many things, yeah. and it's but it's it's more than just biblical because biblical just makes it sound like this is if you if you're in a religious mindset, then this is the rule book, and it's one of the that's my get out of jail free card. Yeah. But repentance isn't about get out of jail free. It's about reconciliation of intimacy. Yep. It's about relationship. And that's the thing that I, I just think the enemy has done such a uh, unfortunately brilliant job in hijacking repentance sure. and distorting it. Yeah. And it's a bad word. Yeah, Even sure. in the church, yeah. people are scared of it. The season one of my podcast, the least listened to episode is the one titled Reclaiming Repentance. And I'm like, I should have titled it something else because sure. I think there's that fear, repentance, um, harkens to shame, condemnation, and all those things. And yes, the enemy's version of it does, but what it's intended to, yeah. right? Have you thought about how little you actually repent for anything? It's crazy if you did like yeah. a survey of your spiritual life, Yeah, how little we repent. Yeah. 
we've we've categorized it as original repentance and then for people who have been backslidden for a long time. Yeah. You know, whatever backslidden means. I guess it's just like not in operation in their relationship with the Father, whatever you want to call it. Like how little you actually repent, you know? And it's it's really, really weighty to imagine how much I actually could be repenting for things. Yeah. Because how easy is it? How easy is it? It's for so easy. My pain, my pain can just dip straight into my into governing my motives for every decision that I make. Yeah, it's so easy. I think we underestimate how much our pain can become our identity, and our pain can be a, become a comfort zone. Oh yeah. So when I start to allow my pain then to construct and formulate my world. Yeah. Then repentance is a threat. Letting God too close to that is threatening because I don't know who I am outside of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I've seen that a lot over the years Mm -hmm. of people who keep running into that same wall because they haven't allowed they haven't allowed the the Holy Spirit into that place. Yeah, and so they'll the, let they'll let people like you and me into that place. Yeah, they'll talk. Yeah. They'll talk with us. Yeah, that's right. True. And yeah. then before you know it, like we're working overtime to try and be the Holy Spirit in their lives. Yeah. And the next thing you know, like we withdraw. They withdraw from the Father, and we're right. like, man, you can't build your house on someone that's spiritual either, or this, someone yes. that's quote godly, or someone yeah. that's pursuing. That's a big it, deal. Yeah, God get the Spirit, the actual Spirit in there. The I know God has a plan for me, and I haven't been appointed king yet, but I know he's anointed me for something special, and I am going to burn inside while he is forming me on the inside and forming yeah. those roots. People are scared to go through the process, and I'm, I've got a couple areas that are real specific in my life that I absolutely am, am the same way. I would rather stand on the foundation of another human that's encouraging me than stand on my own mm-hmm. two feet and yeah. let God break me down into forming those root systems so that I could finally sprout on the outside, but I'm more comfortable constantly talking about the things that hurt, constantly yeah. talking about the things that are broken and suck. Yeah, and, 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 that's good. And, and because of that, I formed this identification and this relationship I have with certain people where that's all that I'll do. So it's been a long process of me peeling off some of those relationships that I've put other people in with me Yeah, and saying, hey, we got to stop talking about that every yeah. single time yeah. that we hang out. Yep. I need to form into something else, you know, from glory to glory. Like yep. the old glory needs to go, like the new one needs yeah. to come, if you will. You know, yeah. I think it's just one of those one of those uh, pieces for me that I've I've wrestled with, you yeah. know. Well, and that's a big deal because they you know, um, you can risk losing those relationships too. Oh yeah. Because when those relationships are built on that and then one of those people starts to get healthier and starts to see and starts to pull away, then, you know, you're, you gone. It's, yeah, it's gone. It's, it's, it's hard, but, but can we trust and believe that God is going to, um, God is going to restore all of it, you know? Yeah. And he always does. Hopefully in this life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If not, he'll do it in the other. Yeah. We'll all be singing the same songs next to each other anyway. Right. Right. But yeah, I think that's, that's a massive good. piece of it. So good. Well, there was a lot in that conversation. And rather than 
lead you through a prayer right now, I want to encourage you that before you move on with your day, if you were pinged on anything, triggered by something, if something that was said in this conversation brought to your heart, to your memory, to your mind, you know when you have that feeling, that sense that the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you need to pay attention to this. I want you to take some time after this podcast ends and go on a walk, go on a drive, go in your backyard, go in your room and close the door and just go before the Lord with those things. Be honest with him, process with him and take some time to listen. If you would like more information about Justin Hepner, you can visit the New Community Church website at sdchurch.com. You can also check him out on Instagram at justhep. I would love to hear from you and just hear what God's doing in and through the Sacred Space podcast. So you can email me through the links in the episode notes. You can also follow those links to give a tax-deductible donation to help support the production of this podcast and other projects by Stockton Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. I just pray for his peace to surround you, that you would know that you know that you know that he is with you in front, behind, on either side, above and below, through every circumstance. God bless you and see you next time in the sacred space.